Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and today's episode is a continuation of the conversation the team started a couple weeks ago about prayer ministry. That's right, today is a part two. We answer some questions and we cover some personal specifics about how we as individuals approach prayer ministry. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I am Maggie Elmer, and we're sitting here together in a little bit of a different environment today to record this podcast. Matthew, uh, say hi. <laughs> we, yeah, we're, we're sitting in my kitchen right now because I have a sick kid down in the basement. Yeah. But I don't feel that bad because he's down there playing Legos, Star Wars video games, and he's still in his pajamas and he's having the time of his life. So Yeah. I want that life. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, but here we are. Part two of the prayer uh, of the prayer dialogue today. Yes, and hi. Emma's here, here with too. us, too. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? Sorry. It was sort of like a hanky... Uh, I don't know that it was necessarily an introduction, yeah, right? But, but it's just kind of a... We're saying hey. The whole team is here. Yeah. Yes. I missed part one, but I did listen to it, and it was uh, a great very practical insight and i know that we wanted to jump into some questions Mm -hmm. that we promised we'd answer in part two uh why don't you kick us off with that question margaret well one of the first questions we thought about uh debriefing or sort of diving into was okay so we've we've gone through maybe uh an instance of standing there being the prayer team at an awakening event or a conference or even just in prayer regular post sunday morning worship how do you recover from doing all of that because uh, one of the things we talked about was that prayer ministry can be pretty taxing yeah i think i shared last uh, episode that for me doing that kind of prayer ministry is um more exhausting than preaching from a exertion standpoint just because you're you're doing no part of it's my personality but you're just listening a mm-hmm. lot you're it's intense spiritually you're listening to the spirit you're listening to the person you know, it's just navigating a lot of sort of dynamics with that. And a lot of times people that are coming forward to receive prayer um, may have real personal need and heavy, heavy stuff that they're sharing with you. Mm. So how do you decompress after um, that kind of intense, heightened spiritual exercise? Well, do we want to go around the table here? And then we can just talk about some universal principles. Is there something you do specifically, Matt? Um, well, I would say one thing, and this isn't specific only to prayer ministry, but just after we uh, get back from a weekend or we have an intense weekend at church or things that are just really, you know, it's just spiritually thick, I often do stuff that's just kind of mindless but like Mm. physical where I can just like just work in the yard or like um like last weekend after a bunch of craziness with ministry stuff I just yeah I got the boys and we went out and like cut up limbs that we needed to deal with and some I've I've heard tree somebody, limbs I'm assuming yes <laughs> tree <laughs> limbs you know I mowed the grass I, Johnny's left arm <laughs> <laughs> somebody I think it, uh, well, maybe it was Dan Gilner one of our friends who said uh, 
that if you you know if you work with your mind then you rest with your hands or something it's yeah. something like yeah. that yep. I, is that the right way yeah to say if it? you work with your mind you should rest with your hands if you work with your hands rest with your mind yeah so for me that's that kind of activity and my favorite hobby is uh, fishing so it's something where i can just get outside and do something physical is is most restful for me on the other side of that kind of stuff yeah what about you emma i like to take naps (laughs) after (laughs) i mean truly sometimes like you know the after church nap that type of thing so that's like one dumb thing that i do every once in a while is just really just take a 15 30 minute nap but then on the other side of that is a spiritual component where you know I do want to spend time just reflecting with the Lord and um, often it'll be a time of worship too because Mm -hmm. it's like wow Lord you really did move in all of these ways and I don't want to just blow past it like Mm -hmm. it was just another thing when someone was really delivered from something Mm -hmm. or when someone Mm -hmm. was you know they were really set free after confession and repentance and so I just I try to make it an intentional effort to think about those things and really just praise the Lord for each specific prayer time um, because I don't want to ever become hard-hearted to those you know miraculous things that are happening so Amen. Yeah, for me, I think um, I think a lot about one of my friends says that if you want to change the emotion, the best way to do that is with motion, right? And so, like, uh, I, I need to spend some time recognizing where my feelings are and then make adjustments. So sometimes that's a walk, sometimes it's a nap, but oftentimes if I, if it's heavy, then um, I need to evaluate whether or not I need to get a good cry out. Mm. And if, if I need to cry, then, um, then I go straight to Instagram soldiers returning home from war surprise videos. (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely understand this, but you know, like, so sometimes here's what happens to me a lot in a, a, I'm like a emotional sponge sometimes in these Mm -hmm. prayers and we we will are right. Like, and so what ends up happening is we, I'm praying for people, I'm praying for people. And then all of a sudden, like my internal, emotion emotive meter it starts to go off the chart Mm -hmm. and what i don't want to do is i don't want that to um come out in a way that i'm that might impact relationships in a negative way Mm -hmm. right so i realize in prayer ministry i can hold on to people's emotions and then transfer those to my kids or my wife because they weren't there they don't know or they weren't in the prayer line or even if they were we had different experiences so i need to like um I, i release the valve on the on the, on the pressure of the emotion. So if I'm doing, um, like deliverance, uh, Dr. Bellini, one of the things he told me is like, go find some funny videos. Yeah. Right. And so like, I'll go search YouTube for uh, people falling off of things. <laughs> <It's>, oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and I just find that to be hilarious. <laughs> so like I, I typically will kind of, um, I just need to feel my feelings right? Don't judge me, Emma. I see that look. <laughs> um, and so I, I need just, I, what I do is I try to create a little space to process all of that. If it's, if it's heavy or if it's, um, if I need to get a good cry in, or if I need to, you know, if I need to counteract that. So, mm-hmm. uh, that coupled with a nap is usually, um, usually good. And sometimes in prayer ministry, and I'm, I'm sure if you're listening and you've done enough prayer, you know, that 
sometimes when you're praying for someone else, the Lord speaks about you. Yeah. And so sometimes you just got to go back and journal through that junk mm-hmm. because yeah. the Lord will wreck you. And I mean, in the, in a good, I mean, it's such a gift that here I am giving something, uh, trying to be a vessel for God in, in a spot where I can like just be a vessel. And then God's like, Oh, by the way, why don't you go ahead and deal with your personal identity issues as well? Whack, you know, like, (laughs) and so I, I just, you know, I always encourage leaders that, you know, if you don't feel your feelings, then your feelings will eventually handle you. I don't like being handled. (laughs) You know, on the, on the journaling side, uh, something I try to do after these kind of things is if I learn something because yeah. I, I feel like you constantly learn things when you're doing this yeah, kind of ministry so true. when you're praying with people or the way you're hearing from God or God does something kind of different that you hadn't seen before I just sometimes I just try to write that down in my journal like just so I can remember so whatever yeah if God taught me something new I want to write it down so I can process it and learn from it yeah I would say I do a little bit of all these things I mean really what I do is as I ask the Lord what do I need right now like what do I need to do right now because sometimes I do just need to create space and do something that is really not about engaging hardcore intellectual processes or something like that so I will go like dig in the garden or um you know fold laundry do the dishes you know whatever um paint a wall, move furniture. That's my husband's favorite when he comes home and the living room is different. But um, a lot of times I will do what you're talking about, Tony, because I can't, like I can't, sometimes like the direct approach to what am I feeling? It's like, I can't, it's overwhelming. So I need like an inroad. So sometimes something really funny or like something emotional that sort of, flips the lid off of my own internal stuff just helps so it's good i want i just want to add a quick note in here that if uh someone's listening to this and this and you're kind of like what's the big deal like i don't really that it sounds like you're kind of making a big deal out of this like this is really intense and i would just say uh if this sounds kind of foreign to you maybe you haven't experienced the kind of intense sort of prayer setting that we're describing yet. And just store this away because if the Lord puts you in that position or you become more open to this kind of prayer ministry Mm -hmm. and praying, um, you know, for needs, praying prophetically, uh, it, it does become a very intense kind of spiritual moment. And you're going to, you're going to need to, you're going to need some of this maybe later if you haven't experienced that yet. Yeah. I think one of the things that's important to note, right, is that this idea of um, in the prayer ministry that we're talking about in the first episode and in this episode, it can be done anywhere yeah. by anyone. Uh, what you're really doing is you're surrendering your agenda for God's agenda. And so in so many ways, you're becoming a conduit, right? And if we think about conduits as a thing that move something through, so I, I'm trying to let God move through. So I'm trying to do the L-shaped listening that we've talked about before on the podcast. I'm listening with one ear to what God's saying. I'm listening with another ear what the person in front of me is saying. I'm watching my partner. I'm watching the person I'm praying for. And it's kind of an all-sensory, hands-on-deck moment. And the thing about conduits, as things move through you, uh, residual stuff is just left. That's right. It's just, you know, there's a residual emotion. And so... If, if you want to try it, one thing that you can do is you can just begin to go in to pray for someone who's 
uh, a little unassuming in your life. So for example, for me, it would be my kids. If I'm going to go in and pray for my daughter Shiloh, then, and I want to practice this kind of prayer ministry, I will just lay my hands very gently on her head or on her cheek because I'm her dad. I can do that. Right. And it's not weird. I'm not going to rub her cheek. That's creepy as we established the last episode. <laughs> and then, and then I'm just not going to, I'm not going to have any words planned. Mm. And then I'm just going to wait for the Lord to say something. And maybe I'll just open it like, uh, dear Lord. And then I'll just wait and listen and just let the Lord meet you in that space. And whatever pops into your head, just begin to just kind of pray for it. And, and you'll see that it is, it's a very different kind of prayer emotionally than if I'm praying to open up a meeting or, you know, if I'm praying, um, even at dinner at dinner, yeah. even, blessing even a, food. a blessing over a couple. When I do a wedding that, that is not as emotionally as, um, needy because in that case that what needs to move through has already been established. Right. It's scripted in this case for most of, of weddings, right? That, that final blessing, you know, so the difference is, is that you have, when you're, when you're going to surrender everything, um, and let the Lord work through you in this prayer ministry that we're talking about, it will drastically change your insides yeah i think that your point about uh residue is a good point and i think to put language around it sometimes there are two things that we want to be careful about or or just aware of when we're praying for people in this particular way and then we'll move on to some other questions but um one is projecting so that's projecting is stuff that's inside of us our perspectives our opinions our sort of uh, take on what's happening we don't want to put our stuff on the person in front of us and then there's also something called transference which is where the person in front of you sort of you take on their stuff and we don't want any of these things to happen we want you know your stuff to stay your stuff and their stuff to stay their stuff and um for god to deal with everybody in the most healthy way possible and the way that we do that is by listening, by remaining humble, consecration, confession, repentance, all those preparatory things we talked about. And then just realizing God's the one in control. Yeah. So. I, you know, just to add one note to that, I, I actually find it the hardest to pray for people who share similar things to me. Like, mm. like if they um, share something, say, about their past that sort of like pricks up some of my own stuff own yeah. stuff mm -hmm. or they share something that it's like maybe it's something i've been personally wrestling with and praying through like that they want prayer for i actually find those to be the hardest because things get messy in my head because i'm thinking about the the things that i'm wrestling mm -hmm. with or that god's working on me with and it's like sometimes harder to hear more clearly what's just me because mm -hmm. i don't want to just put my stuff onto them and mm -hmm. what is stuff that I'm really receiving from the spirit to, to offer to them. Oh, that's absolutely right. So the ones that it's like something kind of, you know, totally different. Then I know as I'm hearing something, I'm like, well, I, I haven't thought about this at all. Like that, yeah. that you know, that's yeah. probably from the Lord, but um, yeah. Anyways. No, I think that's a good point. Emma, I, I would be curious to hear from you. So you, you've on the prayer team at your local church you're obviously on our prayer team. Um, how, how do you know when the right time 
to transition into a, a prayer time ministry is, right? So, you know, let, let's say that you're at Stillwater on a Sunday morning and um, you've, you're starting to see the kind of the nudge that, hey, it might be a prayer time. H- how do you know when, how, how it all works in concert together? What's kind of been your experience with that? Well, just to be clear, like there, uh, just how I'm hearing this question. So obviously like for the pastor in the room, you will have to discern what the response time is yeah. for the worship service. So discerning that is very different than discerning. Like if someone came up to me during just a Sunday service, you know, as a response, um, wanting to pray, discerning that is different than discerning the response time as a whole. But for me, I mean, like, to discern when to enter into prayer, a lot of the hard stuff is out of the way already. Because if someone has come up to you for prayer, that means that they are they are initiating the process, which is very helpful. It's not like I'm going up to another person and saying, hey, can I pray for you? Like, it, that's a different process than some coming up and praying for or me praying for someone else. So I would say that just like we talked about in the last episode, you do the initial interview and you say, well, what's your name? How can I pray for you? Uh, What's going on? And from there, typically there's one or two things that they name right off the bat. And once they're done talking, me and my prayer partner will look at each other and say, okay, well, let's pray. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's that simple. Okay, let's pray. As soon as they're finished talking about the two things, unless I have follow-up questions for clarification, um, were were you meaning your daughter or your sister in this situation? Or, you know, just clarifying questions that will help you while you're praying. But other than that, you just, you don't want to tread it out too long for it to become a counseling session like we talked about in the last episode. You know, that probably uh, is a good transition to our next topic, which we one of the things we talked about wanting to touch on this time is how to incorporate this kind of prayer ministry into just normal church life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've used a lot of examples from like the Spirit and Truth Conference or the Awakening Weekends that we do. But as Tony said a moment ago, I mean, this kind of prayer ministry is something that anybody can do anywhere. And so... Um, kind of what Emma was alluding to or some of the ways that we incorporate that into weekly worship in our, you know, our context there at Stillwater Church. And I would say, you know, I want to hear what others have to say on this too, but I would say there's two primary ways that we incorporate kind of this altar ministry or, you know, specific prayer time with another trained or team individual. One is every week we just, at the end of service, have care pastors who are just trained prayer team members Mm -hmm. available and we say it at the benediction that hey if you're here and you need prayer we have a couple of care pastors over here who would love to pray for you they have a lanyard on come and find them you know that we point to where they're at along the one wall so that's available at least the way that we do it at our church that's available literally every week because you know, any given week, there may be people there who have real sincere prayer needs. And, and more often than not, I mean, I would, I would, I don't know what the exact stats are, but we see people take us up on that pretty often, you know, Mm -hmm. like where people will just stop over before they leave worship. Um, 
I had someone do that last week or the week before and just came and got me after my sermon and said, you know, can I ask for prayer for this specific thing? So we just did that then. But it's because we just make that a regular ask. The other thing is a more intentional kind of response time yeah. where we're specifically inviting people to come and receive prayer kind of as a in a more corporate way. And that's almost, and now at our church, we have communion every week. And so we often will incorporate that. And so like after you've received communion, there'll be prayer um, folks at this, you know, on each side, you can stop and receive prayer if you'd like to, you know, respond in this way. And a lot of times we might tie that in to the topic of the day or it's in response to the word that's been preached. Um, you know, that's more of like a typical kind of altar call type of a thing. But I think there's, so those are two ways that churches can incorporate as you as you personally who are listening to this get comfortable with this, or if you're a pastor or a leader in your church, maybe you gather a few others. I think you will find if you find ways to offer this to people, people actually want prayer. They are looking for, you know, spiritual intervention in their life. They're yeah. looking for God to do something in all kinds of situations in their life. And if you offer it in different ways, people will take you up on it. Yeah, I mean, I in I think that it's true also that it might take a couple times. Like sure. you should offer it and then continue to offer it. Yeah, don't give up. Yeah. Yeah, in my context, it's uh we're at the very beginning of starting a prayer ministry. I I mm. I'm new to a church within the last uh 6 months and I'm in charge of the prayer team and I'm I'm by far the most charismatic pastor that we have on staff, which is it's funny in this room because the, we, there's the charismatic levels just so different than it is in, in my home church. But, you know, one of the things that my lead pastor said is, Hey, I, I want to be obedient to what the spirit is, but we just don't have that kind of culture here. And so if you're thinking about ways to start, I would tell you that starting with a prayer team mm-hmm. is the best way to do it. And now this isn't, um, to be clear, this isn't a prayer team. And we had to define this. This isn't a prayer team like, an intercessory prayer team. It's not a prayer chain, right? Yeah. Where, and some of the churches I grew up in, you would call um, Roberta and then 20 other people would find out about the prayer need. And there's nothing that's important, right? That's not bad. What I'm talking about is a more intensive training um, used to use prayer as a, a, a ministry to minister to someone in like in, in person. So then, that's kind of been the training that we started with this prayer team and then the prayer team's praying over the seats and kind of setting the the atmosphere and really being intentional about bringing that in. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, we did our first kind of, uh, we did a soft prayer ask after worship and, you know, two people came up and then, and, and then you just begin to kind of weave it in. Right. And, and anything that is, you know, will happen corporately needs to be taught corporately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so teach about the prayer ministry and then work in teams, right? So our worship team, we did a, a a prayer ministry event with them where we went around and prayed for each person individually. And what we're doing is, is one we're we're not quenching the spirit, which is important, right? We're, we're going to be obedient to what the spirit says, but we're also creating a culture that says, a, this is something we do and B you can do it too. And it's not, there's no, yeah. There's there's no MDiv requirement or or anything else. So, you know, pastor, if you're not sure what to do to get this started, church leader, 
you're not sure what to do to get this started, gather five or six people who are like-minded and what this means and just start meeting every other week and praying together and it will come out. Like you can't stop it. Like once you start praying like that, it just yeah. It yeah. kind of vomits all over the church in a good way, <laughs> in a good way. I didn't mean that mm. Mm, as not the mm. visual image. Blankets the church like a warm blanket. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I want to encourage leaders too that when you ramp up the prayer invitations in your corporate worship that you you can vary like i sometimes i think people like only think about uh inviting people to prayer when it's like you have a like a like real brokenness or a real need but like i i think it's cool like we've done before like if you're preaching about um you know sharing your faith or evangelism invite people to come and receive prayers for boldness yeah or you're talking about family like come in like just at like we're, we want to pray for you just as a blessing over uh you and your relationships in your household mm-hmm. like it doesn't always have to be like if you've got a real serious need and you just need someone to you know what i'm saying like yes, yes prayer ministry is varied and we believe god moves in response to prayer and we should be turning to god about all kinds of things and that's what the new testament church did yeah right they're praying for needs, sickness. They're also praying to commission people. They're praying to ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. They're all this, you know, asking for God to provide spiritual gifts. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So I think too, I mean, especially when you're first developing a culture of prayer ministry in a church, it's vulnerable for people to march up in front of all of their peers. And in some church, like there are plenty of churches that, that, um, I've been in where these are people who've known each other decades and now they may all know each other's stuff, but sort of like the public, um, admission of need is, is really hard sometimes. And so it occurred to me one day watching my husband preach we were, um, he was in a church and at the end I knew he was going to do an altar call and, and he said the way he framed it was, I would like to um, invite people up for an anointing of joy. Well, it had the most fascinating effect because one, people's, people are like, yeah, I want joy. But one of the other things it did was reveal the need for more joy. Mm-hmm. So there were people who were like, I realize I don't have joy. And so there's more than one way to minister to people's brokenness. It doesn't always have to be like, you have no joy. It can also be like, I'm going to, we're doing an anointing for joy. Everybody come get that. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord can minister through that solution rather than, you know, you know, the direct approach to the brokenness. And sometimes in those kind of response moments, also the prayer team has to be adaptable where, say we're uh, just anointing people with oil we may just we may just be praying a super quick blessing over yes people. that's right you know if you've got a couple hundred people coming forward mm-hmm. to receive prayer because uh, in response to that kind of invitation right. you're not going to be able to do some of the things we've already talked about as far as like standing there and listening and all that because i mean I guess you could if you want your service to be like 12 hours long, but like, <laughs> you know, our Cuban friends the other day said their service went till four thirty. Well, it started at nine. There you go. <laughs> well, I did have uh, one other just like practical tip that popped in my head as you were talking, Maggie, 
um, one thing that I think is helpful is to have a game plan. You're not going to need this all the time, but occasionally when you start doing brand ministry, someone is going to need more time mm-hmm. or a more in, intimate environment than what you can offer just standing there in front of other people. And it's good to have a physical space that's outside of the worship area that you have a plan in place that, um, where you can take someone, you know, like not, you know, like the team of two going with the person saying, Hey, you want to say, like, we have a prayer room that's right across the hall from uh, the sanctuary and we've used it on a number of occasions. I mean, Rob just did this not that long ago, a couple weeks ago, someone needed a little bit more time, a little bit more. It was clear. There's a lot of brokenness there. They just, you know, it's kind of vulnerable in front of other people. And there was just an invitation. Hey, do you want to step over to the prayer room and we can talk a little bit more about this? So, but you, you're not going to be prepared for that unless you have a kind of a game plan in place before it happens. Yeah. Because the more prayer ministry you do, it will happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think the last thing too is, is like prayer ministry will reveal need. Yeah. It's just inevitable. The more you pray, the more you invite God's spirit, the more need is revealed. It gets a little messy, but what did you say the other day? I feel after a prayer session at church, Emma, you you said God wants mess or God wants messy church. Or was that? Uh, I think that was Jordan. Jordan. But she said God wants messy worship. Messy worship. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, based on the way that Paul was addressing the various New Testament churches, it was real messy. <laughs> real messy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, this is probably also a, a good place to kind of um, put a bow on a lot of this is that if you're a church leader mm. and you feel like you're all by yourself, um, just know that, that this ministry exists so that we can walk alongside you. So I realize that maybe an awakening weekend feels way outside of your comfort zone or even your, um, whether or not it's possible, but we, we do have resources to help you lead a prayer ministry in your church. And we would love to do that. So don't hesitate to reach out. Don't hesitate to use these podcast episodes as, um, you know, helpful tools as you build your, your prayer team. We're, We're creating a resource of tools, um, to help you lead. And that's our prayer with every episode that we put out. Yeah. So, you know, Emma said something last time that I think would be a great thing just to remind people here as we're kind of winding down. Um, she mentioned throughout her prayer time, she will often just have that breath prayer. Lord, teach me to pray. Mm. Yeah. And that's like straight, you know, straight from the New Testament. You know, like this yeah. is a, this was modeled for us that um, the act of of doing this ministry itself is a sort of a way to depend on God and it's good. It's actually what he wants us to do. I think he wants to help teach us. And so that's a, you can begin with that. You can feel like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know if I'm totally equipped. You can start to just pray for people. You can start to form a team and do this without knowing all the stuff. That's right. The way that you'll get more comfortable is just doing it and asking the Lord to teach you as you as mm-hmm. you as you go along. And part of the reason we're so passionate about prayer ministry is just kind of gets back to the core of what Spirit and Truth is all about. 
this is this is the kind of ministry that is absolutely required if we're going to see God move in our churches in ways that we just can't manufacture in our own human strength. Mm-hmm. And what the American church needs and every church needs is more of the stuff that only God can do and not just stuff that, that we can do. And what people need, the things that they have, the, the issues that they're facing, the healing that they need, these are things that only God can do. And how do we... How do we turn to the Lord for these things? It's in prayer ministry. And so if we're going to be, you know, a church empowered by the Spirit, rooted in the truth, mobilized for the mission, then this kind of prayer ministry to me is like a prerequisite to seeing that kind of full life in Christ take root in your church. Yeah. Yeah, and I love what you just said there about it, you like gave permission for everyone to be a learner. Mm-hmm. in yeah. this and you know even earlier you said how after prayer ministry you often will take note about what you learned and that's just it, it just goes to show that each of us sitting here together we are learning Amen. Um, and it, once you start getting into prayer ministry you will find out that there is a lot of things to learn <laughs> you know to learn about how do you really pray for healing how do you do that well what are the different types of prayers for healing uh what about deliverance Mm. what about you know praying for the sick what about praying for pets what about praying like there's all of these different pathways that come out of just prayer ministry and it's okay to not know and it just gives you permission to well lord you're lord and i'm not (laughs) and i want to learn right now from you how to do this so so I just love that, like, no matter where you are on the spectrum of whether you feel like an absolute beginner or you think you're an expert, I mean, there's always more to learn. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it's an invitation to take prayer ministry seriously, too. Yeah. You know, some, I feel like we do training for all kinds of other stuff in the church. You know, like, we we don't, we with preaching, we say, like, you you know, there's some things that you got to learn as you're going along. You're going to get better and you should work on it. There's, you know, we talk about it with evangelism. We talk about it with programming in the church. We yeah. need to get, we need mm-hmm. to get it, some training. We got to do this. And it sort of sometimes feels to me like prayer ministry is kind of like just an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, we should, I should have some people pray. Great. Throw them in there. And, you know, I think part of what we've discovered as a ministry is that like, this is not, <laughs> prayer ministry can't be like a sideline issue no mm-hmm. it's got to be central yeah and um and we should treat it with that kind of intentionality and purpose in the way that we approach it you know what i feel like you've said this a couple times matt where you feel like prayer is something that a lot of people talk about but or it gets talked about yeah. a lot more than it actually gets done yeah and and i think what's interesting is that um if you i just remember many many years ago um after Mother Teresa died, I was reading about her life and I was reading that she spent the majority of her time in prayer. You know, she had this amazing ministry ministering yep. to the the very, very least of these in India and one of the most difficult environments. And she spent the majority of her time in prayer. Yep. And it's just interesting to think how God multiplied and magnified her ministry and to think that in a 24-hour cycle, the majority of those hours were spent praying. Yeah. 
This is the New Testament church also. I mean, I just preached on this, so it's fresh in my mind, but I was preaching on the beginning of Acts chapter 13. We're working through Acts right now. And the Paul's first missionary journey, he and Barnabas are getting sent out. And how do they? where do they hear the instruction for the Holy Spirit on what they are to do? Yeah. And then what culminates in them being sent out? Prayer ministry. I mean, it really, they're in worship, they're in corporate worship, and it says they are worshiping and they're fasting, which implies that they are praying together. And in the midst of that pursuing God's presence in worship and prayer, then they hear the voice of the Spirit, and then they act in obedience, which then leads to mission, which ends up, you know, transforming the world. And so, (laughs) but we just, I think so often as Americans, we want to skip to the action part because, well, we think the action is in the, the going and the sending and the doing. Yeah. And I'm more and more convinced that the, the action is in the prayer ministry. And then the stuff that comes, the other stuff is an overflow of pursuing the presence of God and seeking his heart. And when we start there, then mission always comes out. You know, like it's when we when we hear from the spirit, guess what he's going to he's going to put us in places to share the gospel and make disciples. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that the bottom line for any leader in particular is that the most important thing you can do for your ministry is pray. If you don't prioritize intimate time with the Lord, you are cutting yourself. Like you're not doing yourself any favors when you, when you minister from a place of lack or spiritual emptiness. And we all get there. You know, we all do that because we get busy, we have schedules, we have, you know, whatever we have, but there is nothing more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ. Zero things are more important than that. Yeah. So. Amen. Amen. It's a great place to end. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I got a little intense there for a second. All right. Well, that's been our podcast and we will come back to you in the next episode. That's been our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Remember to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. For more information about Spirit and Truth and our Awakening Weekends, where we do quite a bit of prayer ministry, head on over to our website, spiritandtruth.life, and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. There you'll be able to keep up with everything we've got going on. Thank you so much, guys, and we'll come back to you in the next conversation.